Hey, we just wrapped up a series uh, last week called Normal, and we wrapped it up the last handful of weeks. I just really, I, I want us to pause for a second, and I want to draw us back to this, because we're actually going to continue to do some of this today, and, and in the unforeseeable future, we're going to continue to pray for these things, but um, last week was awesome. We've just been praying for God to show up. Um, signs, wonders, miracles. Last week we got to pray for a bunch of people for miracles. We've gotten some awesome reports of things that God is doing. I just want to tell you right now, if you got prayer last week and you're like, hey, I haven't seen that miracle yet, we're actually going to take some time and we're going to pray at the end because I feel like what needs to happen is we need to learn the exercise and the rhythm of coming to God and applying our faith until we see that miracle happen because we're always on the cusp. We're always on the edge of God moving. God, God is moving, and so I just want to continually come into agreement with that. So listen, if two things. If God moved in your life after we prayed, would you please um, let us know that? Would you, would you let us know? You can really simply, you can go to themovement.org on our app and we have a digital card that you can just fill your name out and some information to say, hey, this is what happened and we would love to be able to connect with you and it's super easy to do digitally. If you are still waiting for that, if you're like, I know there's a miracle in the works, like we just sang this, I know there's a miracle in the works, we wanna continue to pray for you. We're gonna pray with you as long as it takes. Okay? It may be the next decade. Okay, because we're, we're in this for the long haul. We believe God is going to move. Okay, today we're starting, um, really it's our, it's our Advent season. Um, I loosely do Advent, so what that means is, is we're going to hit some themes, but I really want to continue in what I believe. Um, I just try to submit myself and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now in the season. So I want to address something as we start today. We're going to talk about hope today, but to talk about hope, I, I want to address what I feel like some things um, that are happening. I feel like in a time of um, extreme thankfulness we're supposed to be in, um, I really am sensing, and, and this morning as my wife and I talked, and uh, I think Gailey walked in the room, and um, who's dear to our church, she said the same thing to my wife, Pastor Jeff, in our prayer this morning talked about the Lord was just asking him, like, be mindful of what you're carrying. Here's the deal. In a time where we should have extreme thankfulness, I feel like we're getting hammered with extreme depression. Is anyone feeling this? It's, it's, it's the craziest thing because we hit the holidays, we hit Thanksgiving, and then we move into Christmas, and, and I want to acknowledge the fact that some of us, when I talk about hope, some of you Maybe you're dealing with the strain and the hurt or the pain of something that is happening or that happened. Perhaps you lost a loved one, perhaps just recently, perhaps you're struggling. And I don't want to brush past that. I want to acknowledge that. But what we should not do is carry this burden and spirit of depression. And I feel like the enemy is trying to wiggle his way into our midst and create depression, um, a depressed state. And... Um, Today as we talk, so, so I, I want to address that, okay? Um, so I'm actually just going to stop for a second, and I just want to pray over that. You guys okay with that? Um, if, you are, if you're sensing this and feeling this, do me a favor. Could you just be vulnerable and raise your hand? Could someone, if you're near someone, could you just, we're, we're just going to start where we left off last week. Is this okay? Just raise your hand if you're, if you're feeling this. 
This is, this is normal family business, okay? We need, to, we need to come against this. We need to pray and we need to say, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we need your hope. God, today as we learn about your hope and we really learn about your holiness that gives us the ability to respond in hope. God, I pray right now that we would have an overwhelming manifestation of hope, that we would feel and sense. God, that it would be something that we would, we would sense right now, but it would be more than a feeling, that it would be rooted in some truth, that today as we walk through this word that I believe God has for us, that we would understand the deep sense of hope that you've given us. Right now, in the name of Jesus, with the authority that we've been given and the power of the Holy Spirit, we take dominion and we take ownership over what the enemy is trying to do right now, what the enemy is trying to stop right now, what the enemy is trying to rile up right now. We just say you have no authority here in this place. You have no authority in this building. You have no authority in these hearts. You have no authority in these lives. You have no authority in their homes. You have no authority whatsoever, Satan. And you cannot stand in the face of the name of Jesus. So we say right now you must go. Depression break right now in the name of Jesus. Depression break right now. God, that there would be a release of celebration. God, there would be a release of celebration and hopefulness that would come to the surface, that would rise up, that would bubble up. God, that would um, overshadow the very thing the enemy is trying to do. God, this is the place that we're going to start from is a place of saying, you can break anything. You are the breaker. You can break anything. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen and amen. Heck of a way to start, right? Today we're talking about hope, and uh, here's a statement I'm going to make. God's holiness allows you to respond with hope. God's holiness allows you to respond with hope. Let me define what holy means. Holy is to be pure, to be sinless, to be upright. Um, holiness is worthy of veneration, worthy of praise. The word veneration is uh, praise, awe, honor, great respect, worship. That God's holiness is so magnificent, it's so massive, it overshadows every single possible part of every single area of our lives. And it's so massive, it's so vast, that out of that place, out of the fact that he's a holy God, we can respond in hope. I really just had a sense as I prepared this week, the Lord was showing me in my own life the areas that I've lost awe. Where I've lost wonder, great respect. Where I've ceased to exalt him. And I really felt like we just had, like, like, can we all just acknowledge that we're living in a time and a space where we've, as a society, we've lost just our sight of God's holiness, our reverence for God. We're treating him like he's a hype man, but really he's a hope man. We're, we're like, you know what I mean? Your hype man's your friend. 
We're, we're treating Jesus like he's, he's friendly. Jesus is a friend, but, but like we get too familiar with him, I think, sometimes. And we lose sight of the fact that he is a holy God. And when we, when we get hit this place, we move into hopelessness instead of hopefulness. And hopelessness, really what it is, is it's this mindset that if there's nothing bigger than your problems, your pains, your hurts, your circumstances, your situation, if nothing exists that's bigger than those things in your life, then I want to tell you, yes, that is hopeless. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God's holiness supersedes and overshadows all of those things, that he is bigger than all of those things. Hopelessness plays itself out in these things. Cynicism. Skepticism. Consumerism. Individualism. Materialism. All of these things become prevalent. It's an I'll believe it when I see it or prove it to me mentality that we're living in nowadays in 2021. So in the time of great thankfulness, we've, we have this whole thing that we call Black Friday. And what are we trying to do? We're, to, we're, we're, we're from a cynical point of view, materialism, consumerism, we're trying to pile in and fill the void that we're feeling hopeless with things that are created that will never exist in the long run. Now, if you're going to get that amazing deal on that Roomba that you've always wanted... I get it. I'm not saying that if there's something you've been saving for and you need it, that's not what I'm talking about. But the blind nature of people acting foolish and fighting in the Walmart over a, the last TV or the last roll of toilet paper, we've hit a point of absolute hopelessness. If that's the biggest thing that we're going at, can, can, somebody, can somebody agree with me this morning? Everybody loves a good deal. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But what we've done is we've allowed other voices to be exalted, to be honored, to be of greater respect, or to be magnified above the voice of God. Today we're going to talk about baby Jesus and, and the very first moment where Jesus' conception happens, but to understand what happens in that story, we have to back up to the story right before that. In Luke chapter 1, before we get to Mary and the angel Gabriel coming to her and saying, you're going to have this baby named Jesus, this mind-blowing story, we, we, we got to talk about this guy, Zachariah. Let me read this for you. It says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Let me tell you who Zechariah was very quickly. Zechariah was married to Mary's cousin, Elizabeth. Zechariah was the father of a guy named John the Baptist. Zechariah was a priest. Zechariah, above anybody, knew everything there was to know about God. Who he was, what he had done, all of his promises, all the great history. 
And Zechariah is showing up to the temple to do his priestly duties. He was up. He was the next batter in the box. It says, Zechariah was shaken when this angel of the Lord appeared and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Bro, let me tell you something. An angel shows up to me and tells me I'm having a son. I'm through right there. Shandra and I got some like Zachariah and Elizabeth stuff going on. We're old. And if, and if, and if an angel showed up and was like, dude, you're having a son, I'm going to be like, whoa, I'm going to fall out in the spirit right there. I'm going to need a catcher. Anyone know what a catcher is? I grew up in the days, you needed catchers. You fall out and the Holy Spirit hits you, someone's got to catch you so you don't fall and need prayer for the bump on your head because you fall out backwards, all right? I'm going to need a catcher here in a second. That's a promise. Can you imagine? He's been praying for this promise. Gabriel shows up and gives and says, boy, I'm going to tell you what the promise, I'm, I'm not just going to tell you about your son, I'm going to tell you what your son's going to do. But listen to knucklehead Zachariah. He goes, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. You notice how he gently talked about his wife's age? Men. I'm old. She's just getting long. Yeah. Let me tell you, though, right now. Zachariah is basically saying, I'm insisting that you give me a sign of proof. Oh, Zachariah perhaps is sitting in a little bit of a place of hopelessness where cynicism has set in. And he's like, it's, it's a prove it to me before I'll move kind of moment, angel of God. Then he does the unthinkable. He doesn't allow other people to curse him because of his age. He curses himself. How many times in our lives has God given you a promise? Prove it to me, God. And then you go on and out of your mouth, you deliver a curse. I'm too old. Oh, yeah. Listen, when you think things are as bad as they're going to get and they're the most messed up is when God has the biggest opportunity to move. And I love Gabriel's response. He says, the angel said, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. 
I am Gabriel. His name, Gabriel, means man of God. It means strong man. It means hero. And then he backs it up. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. You're like, yeah? This is what he's saying. I am a hero and a strong man and a man of God because I stand before, and the presence means I stand before God face to face. I can feel his breath on me. He's starting to tell Zechariah, dude, I think you stepped in it. Because you think where you're standing is perhaps in a little bit of a, you know, farmland cow patty situation, if you know what I'm saying. And he's like, I'm the strong man. Maybe that's what we need to be a man of God is to stay face to face with him and constantly feel his breath. Maybe that's what we need to be a woman of God is to stay in his presence in such intimate contact, to have the trust and the confidence. He says, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. That word time is also season. That word time and season, the word is kairos time. Do you remember us talking about kairos time? Kairos time is not like, it'll be fulfilled within the nine month gestational period of humanity. This is what he's saying. This is gonna be fulfilled at the divine time that God has appointed. And you, sir, you have a problem because you have forgotten God's holiness and you've moved into hopelessness and you question him. So now I need you to sit back and you need to watch as God's divine timing and the words that I'm saying are substantiated because I am a hero of a living God who speaks from a face-to-face encounter. But you, sir, are not speaking from face-to-face encounter. You, sir, got up this morning, looked in the mirror and took your own word over the word of God. Today, I want you to know that Zachariah's failure to respond with hopefulness was because he lost sight of God's holiness. God's holiness is bigger than any problem, any situation. And today, I want to tell you, hope is a response to God's holiness. Let me define hope real quickly because I think we have to understand what hope is. Turn to somebody and say hope. Turn to someone else and say hope. Hope means firm, trustful expectation. Firm, trustful 
expectation, particularly with reference to the fulfillment of God's promises. It means to look ahead eagerly with confident expectation. I want to tell you that today we don't, we don't use the word hope like that. We, we, we make hope a feeling. So you say like, hey, like what's going on? Yeah, I don't, you, you don't, I don't feel hopeful. Hope is not a feeling. But we use it as if it's an emotion. It's currently used to express an underlying sense of doubt, actually. So let me explain to you. Hey, are you going to get that thing for Christmas that you want? Well, I, ho- I really hope I will. There, there's, you're, you're really, man, I, I, mean, I, I really, I really, I mean, I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope I get that job. So many times we use hope as an expression of underlying doubt. This is Zechariah. His hope is half-baked. He believes God can. He just doesn't believe God will. Oh, I think I need to say that again. He believes that God can, but he doesn't necessarily believe that he will. So prove it to me. I know you can, but I need you to prove it to me because I don't think you will. Are you cynical? Prove it to me. God, I know you can. I need you to prove that you will. Hope calls for patience. The very root of hope is trust. It says it's firm, trustful expectation. So it's in this trust that it calls for patience because the fulfillment of hope lies in the future. Hope is always prophetic. Let me, let me say that again. Hope is always prophetic because it's tied to a future outcome. You may need a solution for today, but you need hope for tomorrow. And it's speaking into your future the preferred outcome that it is that God has for you. He tells Zachary, you're going to have a son and he's going to be all these things. That was the future that was prophetic. He should have, he should have walked away and been like, mic drop, fall out in the spirit, needed a catcher, that whole thing. Like that should have been his response. Why? Because this is a prophetic word right from the throne room of God. So hope has nothing to do with where you and I stand, but it has everything to do with whom we're standing. Where was Gabriel standing? Face to face with God. Zachariah had the position of priest. He just didn't take the posture of priest. It's not religion. Hope is not a religious thing. It's a relational thing. I have such deep trust and understanding. I can be patient all day long with you, God. I can be paid. How long is it going to take? 10 years? 20 years? What's it going to take? I can be patient with you all day long, God. Because I know you can and I know you will move. Romans 4.18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Wait a minute. 
Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. You know Abraham's name? His name was Abram. God said, you're now going to be Abraham. And he added an H-A, ha. You know what ha is? Ha is the living breath of God. The same breath of God that Gabriel stood in the face of when he came and delivered this prophetic word to Zechariah when he chose to believe that he potentially could, but he wouldn't, and then he got silenced. Sometimes I think we need to be silenced in the middle of our circumstances so that we can allow God's voice to speak. Like, like, like sometimes we, like God's like, did, 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 did. You keep talking over my promises, man. It's just, yeah, yeah. but I get it. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. God told him that. God gave him a promise of that. You know, you and I are evidence of this. We are ancestors of Abraham. Can I tell you that the hope of your future, you're not even going to see a mere fraction of what it is that God has? Abraham didn't know that you and I were going to be here. But he held on to hope. So biblical hope is this trusted anticipation of a favorable future outcome under God's guidance. You want me to say that again? Biblical hope is the trusted anticipation of a favorable future outcome under God's guidance. Let me be more specific with this. Hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees us our participation in what he's going to do in the future. Hope is simply God's proven past being applied to a future outcome. God can and will make good on his word as a holy God. Psalm 42, 5, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. Sometimes I think there's this element of praise to hope. Why am I discouraged? It says, why is my heart so sad? It says, I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again. That means that he was praising him before and he didn't see whatever he was being hopeful for happen and he was going to praise him. He was going to apply a little bit more praise. That sometimes the biggest preach that you can do to your hurt is actually to praise God for a future hope. Sometimes I need to stand up. I, 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 need, I, need, I need to preach to my hurt. God, I'm going pra to praise you in the middle of my hurt and my pain. I'm going to praise you in the middle of my circumstance. Because when I, I'm going to preach to this. I'm going to preach to my hurt. 
But I'm going to praise you for a future hope. I'm going to stand in this place and I'm going to say your holiness can overshadow and overcome all of this. There's nothing that anyone can bring to me that you can't overcome. There's always more money than month with my God. There's always more time on my side with my God. You think your clock is ticking? Your clock isn't even set to chronological time. You don't understand, the clock's ticking, and I'm like, I live in Kairos time. Don't you know? God can take what you think needs to be in 10 months, and he can pull it in here today and say, this is the appointed time. I got, I, got, I got hope for you. I just don't see it. Okay, Zachariah. And then we have Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sends the same angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. This is literally like in the same chapter of Luke. <laughs> like, he, this juxtaposition of Zechariah and Mary, it's so fascinating. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. That's weird, right? Gets weirder. Confused and disturbed. Notice that when Zachariah saw Gabriel, he, he was full of fear. And it said that Mary was just confused and disturbed. It's slight nuance, a little different. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. He said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Holy One. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, I just want to stop for a second in the story and tell you that it seems like on the surface that Mary has the same problem that Zechariah had. She just questioned but her, res her response and Gabriel's response to her are completely different. Why? Because Mary is inquiring as to how God will accomplish the promise. Zechariah was insisting on a sign to prove that he was going to do it. Do you see the difference? Mary was saying, God can and will. I just don't know how. Zechariah was saying, God can and I completely doubt that he will. So prove it to me. So the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Let me say that again. For the word of God will never fail. Can you please say it with me? Can you just say this with me? For the word of God will never fail. Can you say this again? For the word of God will never fail. Can you please commit that to your memory? When you're in the middle of a circumstance, you need the Holy Spirit to come and overshadow your circumstance the way that he overshadowed her circumstance. Like virgin conception, are you kidding? There is not a problem you have that is bigger than virgin conception. 
God, your word will never fail. Will you come now and overshadow my circumstance? God, will you come now, Holy Spirit, with your power, and will you overshadow my circumstance? Can somebody please give me an amen this morning? Holy Spirit, will you come now? What do you need, God, to show up right now with the power of Holy Spirit and overshadow in your life? What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you're carrying? He can and he will. Family, he can and he will. He has and he'll do it again. He moved once, he'll move again. He parted the Red Sea of the Jordan. He sent a baby named Jesus to die on the cross and overcome death. He did it once, he's going to do it again. He did it once, he's going to do it again. My God can and my God will. My God can and my God will. Somebody say it with me. My God can and my God will. That's right. Committed to memory. Why? Because his word's never going to fail, family. I didn't know I was going to preach this morning. And I love Mary. Yeah. This little girl. Here comes Zachariah. Big old, I'm a priest. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the man. Gray hair. Because he's old. I'm imagining he had gray hair. He wasn't trying to dye it and get rid of it. He was wearing it, crown of glory. I just wear my gray hair, crown of glory. My wife's like, that's a crown of glory. And I was like, it's horrible. <laughs> Losing it and all kinds of stuff. Okay. But Mary, her response is beautiful. <laughs> she has this hopeful celebration as her response because of God's holiness overshadowing her circumstance. And it's called Mary's song. Listen to what she begins to profess just after this in verse 46. Mary responded, ha, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. Does someone's soul want to praise the Lord here this morning? Does someone's soul want to praise the Lord here this morning? Even though you can't see it in the midst of your circumstances, does someone's soul want to praise the Lord this morning? Would you stand with me? If you want your soul to praise the Lord, does someone's soul want to praise the Lord this morning? Do you want to sing a song this morning of praise in the middle of your circumstances? Or do you want to be silent like Zachariah? I'm not going to be silent. I want to sing a song of praise in the middle of my circumstances. This little girl gives us a perfect runway. How? My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. She's begin, she's begins to speak prophetically. She's like, I'm just gonna, you know, Zechariah, my brother-in-law cursed himself. I'm gonna bless myself right here. You need maybe you need to bless yourself this morning. You need some hope. Maybe you need to step into some blessing this morning. You need to begin blessing you. You need to start speaking prophetically about your future. Like, God, you're gonna bless me. It's gonna be generational. It's gonna be something that I may never see, but I know that my grandchildren's grandchildren are gonna stand in the presence of a mighty God. I know that my grandchildren's 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 grandchildren are gonna stand in the face, face to face before feeling the breath of God that you're going to bless generationally my life. She says, for the mighty one is what? <sighs> there it is. God's holiness gives us the ability to respond with hope. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. 
His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. That's you. That's you. That's you this morning. The children, the ancestors, the generational ancestral lineage of Abraham, of Zechariah, of Jesus. Hope in the response. God's holiness allows you to celebrate where you are with patient expectation that your promise in Jesus he's coming he's coming you don't see it but he's coming you don't feel it Danny but he's coming you're having a hard time sensing it Danny but he's coming. Your broken heart, he sees, and he says, I, I, I already saw it, and I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming, Danny. Can you, can you hear my footsteps? Can, can, you, can you sense my presence coming? He's coming, Danny. He's coming, Danny. He's almost there. He's almost there. One more sleep. One more sleep, Danny. He's almost there. God, overwhelm him right now with your presence. Overwhelm him right now with your spirit. Overwhelm him right now with hope. Overwhelm him right now, Holy Spirit. I love Psalm 31, 24. Ha! This is the message translation. It says, be brave. Be strong. Don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. Can you guys say this with me? <laughs> be brave, say it. Be strong. Don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. Do you have expectation that God is arriving on the scene of your circumstances that you need hope in right now? Now, I'm going to pray. This is how we're going to end. I'm going to pray in general. There's a, few, uh, there's a few prophetic words that I felt like the Lord had for me to deliver this morning, and I'm going to deliver those prophetic words. If you need prayer for those things, I want you to come forward. Um, this is normal for us. We want to minister to you. We want to come alongside. If you, if you prayed for a miracle last week and you still haven't seen it, if you prayed for a miracle last week and you have not seen your miracle, can I tell you, be, be brave, be strong, don't give up. Expect God's gonna get here soon. If you haven't seen that miracle yet, can you come forward? If you got prayer in the last couple weeks and you are expecting a miracle, I want you to come forward. I want to, we wanna continue to pray with you and it's okay, we're gonna continue to pray with you. If you're expecting a miracle, if you could go to my right, your left. So this is what I'm gonna do. I, I have a few things that I feel like the Lord wants to minister to. 
I'm gonna deliver those words. If, you, if that's you, I'm gonna call you forward and we're gonna pray for you. And then I'm gonna actually just pray in general and I'm just gonna let everyone go, those of you who wanna leave. But what we've been finding is week after week, lots of stuff is going on in that after time. And so I just wanna leave lots of free space, but I don't, I don't wanna hold you up if you feel like you gotta go, okay? So here's what I felt like the Lord was saying today. Um, we can respond with hopefulness because of God's holiness, okay? I felt like Zachariah had lost his ability to dream because he was hopeless. And God wants to um, reestablish your ability to dream. Some of you have lost your ability to dream, that your hope attached to your future has been lost. God has, he's spoken to some of you and he's given you these creative things, but it requires you to dream. It requires you to allow yourself to have hope in the future, that you can have that relationship again, that you can find that relational quality again. Some of you have been hurt relationally. I feel like some of you have gone through some really tough things relationally and you've been really struggling and you're having a hard time finding hope that it's gonna be better or God's gonna bring you another man. Specifically, I feel like there's, there's a couple females that are really getting hammered by this right now. And I wanna speak to you and I'm telling, God is telling you, begin to dream again. But I want you, God is saying, I want you to begin to dream about the man that I would have for you, not the man that you would describe for yourself, okay? If that makes sense to you, I want you to come forward. And, and, and I, I know that's for you, Amen. Does that make sense? God is establishing your ability to dream again. Some of you just don't have the ability to see past your current circumstance and God's saying, I want you to dream. God wants you to know he, he loves when you dream because he loves participating with you. You're like, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. God wants you to dream. God wants you to join, he, he wants to join you in what it is you're dreaming about. What is it that you are dreaming about? If you have dreams in your heart that you have put away, I wanna pray for you, and I want our team to be able to minister to you. So if you can, you can just come forward and we wanna pray for you. Some of you guys uh, have had words spoken over you, like Zachariah spoke these curses over himself. Some of you have had words spoken over you that you have partnered with and you believe um, identity things, things that you have taken on as identity. He's like, I'm old. That's an identity thing. Zachariah is like, I'm old. He's, he didn't say that my age is such and such. He said, I'm old. He took the identity of old man. He took the identity of impossibility. And God wants to reestablish possibility in your life. But we need to break this thing that these words that have been spoken over your life, they don't have high honor, respect, awe, and exaltation in your life over the word of God and what he says about you. And so we need to take that back. And so I wanna pray for you this morning. If you have had words spoken over you, some of you have spoken those words over yourself and it's not something you should feel shameful or guilty about. I do it all the time. We feel like it's like our way to cope. We just say these things and, and it comes out of our mouth about ourselves. I just wanna tell you right now, like all those things that you're gonna say that are negative, all those things that feel like, are, are the good thing to say right now uh, and perhaps you even think it's humility it's not God is saying today he wants to reestablish his word over your life and if you need prayer this morning if any of those things have been spoken I'm just going to pray right now Holy Spirit I want you right now just to come I want you to break off anything that has been put on people if you feel like there's been things that have been spoken over your life that you just can't get out of your brain. 
Would you do me a favor and just raise your hand so I can see you? I just wanna pray for you. You don't, okay, cool. So if that's you, just keep your hands open. You don't have to keep them up necessarily, just keep them open. This isn't a shoulder exercise. So if that's you, just with open hands. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just come. I come before you. I come before you like Gabriel and just say, God, I want to stand in your presence. And I just want to deliver your promising word. And this is it. That God's honor for you is greater than any word that's ever been spoken over you. And we just break off right now anything that's been spoken, anything that we've come into agreement with and partnership with, we just speak against right now in the name of Jesus. If you need a miracle, hey, if you need prayer, if you need God to move somewhere in your life this morning, maybe you didn't come up last week. We wanna continue to pray. We wanna pray and, and make this house available every week to be able to pray for these things. We're just gonna keep ministering. Now, I'm just gonna pray for anyone who wants to take off. I'm just gonna pray, Lord God, just bless everyone today. <laughs> Loosen our voices with hopeful celebration. Release, like unlock the chokehold that the enemy has had on our, on our voices to release celebration, hopeful celebration right now. We just, say, we just come into agreement with that. We just say yes to that. That when, as we go out of this place, we would just release hopeful celebration. As we walk through our week, that my challenge to you is in the middle of one circumstance, because you can do anything one time, that you would release hopeful celebration. God, I don't know how, but I know you will, because you did it once, you can do it again. You moved once, you'll move again. You're gonna preach to your hurt. You're gonna preach to your hurt family. You're gonna preach to it. Whatever it is, you're gonna preach to it. You're gonna praise God through it. You're gonna preach to it, and you're gonna go after, purposefully go after hope. Lord, bless this family. Bless this family in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen.